0: Two. peak podcast back from an extremely unintended hiatus i wish i could give more details than that and i wish this didn't keep happening but as a lot of it's kind of personal i'd rather keep it to myself for now if it keeps interrupting the podcast schedule i might just have to come clean to the internet before too long but for now just know i'm as frustrated as all of you and just as excited to get back into this but none of that matters now, because we are back to Peak Podcast today, and today we are covering episode 50 of Advanced Generation. Can you believe we've made it that far? Because I sure can't. We're right here with May's second contest battle, her, her chance to win her first ribbon. So we'll get into all of that and see how she does in a little bit. First, while I was out, um, our sponsor PokéPress went to GeekCon um, and also gives some thoughts on the Pokémon World Championships uh, 2018 in Nashville. I know a lot of you were really excited and invested and strongly opinionated about that event and all the others leading up to it, so check in and see what fun things he saw and if his opinions uh, matched yours. At GeekCon, there were a few teases for Detective Pikachu. I feel I know so much and yet so little about that movie, I I still can't believe it's real. But lots of Pokemon fun there to be had. Uh, Steven also has an interview with me on Zoroark and the music behind that movie on his YouTube channel, and our opinions of the movie itself. I know Steven liked it more than I did, and I feel I may need to revisit that movie and see if my opinion changed with time. There is a Celebi in it, time can change. (laughs) So you can check all of that out, um, again, on YouTube at PokePress, or at their blog page, pokepress.blogspot.com. Give them a little bit of love when you're not listening to this episode 50, Pros and Con Artists. So the plot, our kids have arrived in the next town, yay! And it's not Ash who's the most excited, it's May, because we are at the site of her next contest. Maybe this time she'll win first place. She hopes so, but she's already doing image training, visualizing the win. I mean, it's May, so that process borders on psychotic, but hey. And I like this little moment with May because it reminds us all what a paradox she is, but in a very real way. Like... In some ways, she's so confident She's brave and creative and explorative And having decided she wants to do this May is aiming for the top She's going to believe in herself and dream big And not accept any scenario other than I'm gonna work together with Beautifly and win And yet, this is the same girl who ends every other sentence with Kamo meaning Maybe, I don't know Like, May radiates confidence and yet is simultaneously completely unconfident. And part of this is preparedness. We learned from her last contest, she doesn't really know how to practice, how to train, how to work hard at something that really matters to her and put her soul on the line. And hopefully, Ash has been helping her a bit with that. At the very least, her teamwork with her Pokemon has improved. But part of it is just who she is. And I love it because May is such a different character from Ash, from Brock, from Misty before her. Like, I love that she charges into things full of confidence and hope and bravado. And the second she receives some challenge to that, she's like, whoosh, back into the shell. Because 90% of that confidence is fake. And I've known people like that. I I wouldn't say I relate to May as a whole, but that mindset, like, I can do this, I'm great, I can do anything, suddenly the moment of truth comes, I hate myself, I suck at everything, why did I even try? Like, I get that. It's like the person who writes this fanfic that they're so proud of and they've worked so hard on it, it's the best thing they've ever written, and then they post it with all these disclaimers like, yeah, that was a sucky summary, I don't know what I'm doing, it probably isn't very good, please don't hate me. Like, that's, that's May. She lives on Tumblr and has an AO3 account. And actually, given this girl's imagination and tendency to ship everybody, that's probably not a joke. And well, they arrive at the contest hall, and anywhere where there's a large number of people, statistically some of them will be female. So Brock is having a good day. And one of those females gets May's attention a- and rocks. She's sitting on a bench and meditating with her Pokemon, a Medicham. It's levitating, one of its abilities. May and Max both think it's pretty cool, so they check it out with the Pokedex. And while that happens, something goes wrong with the meditation. The blue psychic light that's levitating Medicham starts levitating Max's glasses and many other objects in the vicinity purses and toys and Ash's hat. He's already on edge with the weirdness, and then his hat gets taken, and then Pikachu gets taken, and he's like, All right, this means war. But one word from the trainer, and Medicham stops levitating, and so do all the objects. Happy this was not a theft, for once, Ash manages to jump up and catch both his hat and Pikachu with style before they hit the ground. Like, that is one spry little kid, isn't it? Well... The Metacham's trainer apologizes to the room for what happened and takes the blame on herself, saying it needs more training. And that's when Brock makes his move. And like last episode, I applaud Brock's effort. Like, trying to reassure someone, that's not a horrible way to lead off the conversation. Very thoughtful. I mean, next time, pause before launching into will you go out with me, but I feel like he's on the right track. Like, what's some levitation and getting floated around a little happens all the time? Maybe in your life, Brock. Anyway, Max drags him off by the ear. Like, how did he even reach that high? Max. Well, apologizing for her own drama, May steps up and greets this trainer. Turns out she's kind of a weirdo, Uh, got an outgoing personality, a bold way of showing affection, accidentally knocks May across the room after getting complimented on her beauty, and in so doing, KOs May, Ash, and Pikachu. Dude. The day, the day that they set up some kind of battle tournament where Pokemon can be trainers and humans are eligible to battle, sign this woman up. She could take down an Onix, you know she could. Well, her name is Grace, and I'm surprised she doesn't fit in better with the group because she's loud and brash and has a healthy appetite. Like, she's basically what May and Ash are going to grow up into. I can only guess that their stares are because they're kids, and she's really not. And yeah, Grace isn't exactly what society expects a girl of her age and training to be, particularly Japanese society. She's a complete 180 of the person we saw at the start of the episode, so super serious and meditative. And so, you know, the contents of this puzzle do not match the picture on the box. But all of this is making Brock love her more, and, and thank goodness he was finally falling for a girl's personality! Oh my gosh, get out the ticker tape parade! But yeah, he's like, I will cook for you all day, gorgeous. Keep eating. (laughs) And and I guess, yeah, if there was a woman who could make Brock happy, it would be a woman who liked to eat. If we're talking love languages, Brock's ways of showing love are, are obvious, straight up telling people and making them food. It's what he does. And how he likes to receive love is people eating his food. So yeah, keep working on Grace here. She, she doesn't respond to praising her beauty, but you may have a shot here, Brock. You know you do if I've started shipping you. My gosh, I was not expecting to take this turn. Anyway, Grace has already won three contest ribbons. She's hoping for a fourth one here at Fall Arbor Town. And as I said, May's actually seen the competition Takes back every word of confidence she ever said, like, I didn't say I'd win, this is only my second contest, I don't know what I'm doing. Grace gives her a pep talk, reminding her there's a lot of factors in who's going to take home that first place ribbon. Most important is May's ability to bring out the power of her Pokemon, and she tries to boost May's confidence a little by inviting her to watch her train a little with Metacham. Learn some things, like about using attacks to create combinations rather than use all the moves individually in succession. It's something that never occurred to May to try before, so next morning she's up with Beautifly trying to combine its Silver Wind with one of its other attacks. Problem is, she's really not sure what she's going for, and neither is Beautifly. And during this moment of confusion and stumbling, who should walk up? but Drew, because he's here too. His face is buried in a rose. Dude, you don't rock that half as well as James. Don't make us get Team Rocket over here to show you how it's done. And insulting a girl is not how you tell her you like her. I I don't usually say this, Drew, but be more like Brock. Be more like Brock. (laughs) But yes, uh, Drew is still keeping up his Sundere act, like, I didn't come here to see you, I came to see your beautifully. it's not like I like you or anything, here's a flower. <laughs> like, my word, Drew, do you even listen to yourself? But Drew also has won three contest ribbons so far, and he's giving May the opposite message that Grace did, that a coordinator with no ribbons and no experience winning doesn't have a chance. Which is ridiculous, like... You can't get a ribbon unless you already have a ribbon, that's impossible logic. Where did your first ribbon come from, Drew, magic? So while May burns with frustration and insecurity, we cut to Team Rocket, who is trying to sell Miracle Cure All Pokeblock out of a dark alley. Like, I'm surprised Officer Jenny hasn't busted this yet, this looks all kinds of shady. But it serves to remind us of what's important in Pokemon contests versus Pokemon battles. Meowth runs us through the different attributes like coolness and cuteness and cleverness and so on, so forth, that a contest Pokemon needs to have. But apparently, according to Dr. Meowth, there are two more secret requirements. The judges don't want you to know about them, though. This sounds like a clickbait headline, but they are coolness, which I thought we already said, and Cours magnetism. <laughs> Whatever that is. But that magic mix of stuff from the miracle Pokeblock made this blue and red haired couple's Cacnea a champ. No lies. Pokeblock gold and Pokeblock silver. The best Pokeblock you could ever make. This is getting shadier by the second, especially when Dr. Meowth starts going into all the side effects. But then Wobbuffet, uh, nearby, gets to be an impartial volunteer. I mean, that dopey weirdo Wobbuffet isn't very cool, but give it a gold poke block, distract the customer for a few seconds, and oh my word, suddenly Wobbuffet's a film noir detective. You don't get cooler than that. Well, the customer falls for it, hook, line, and sinker. And Team Rocket is making money selling ordinary Pokeblock with a paint job and a souped-up name. So that's their plan for the day. Less stealing Pokemon, more making money to build secret bases. Ash's plans for the day have gotten a bit of a wrench thrown in them. He wakes up, and Max is reading a magazine, putting up all the trying-to-introvert-here-don't-talk-to-me vibes. May is off training with Beautifly, which is a bit of a disappointment, but also, well done, my student, I have taught you well. The last friend he and Pikachu could hang out with is Brock, and he's off being Brock, trying to pick up a girlfriend, generally failing. Ash decides to leave him to hone his craft. <laughs> so Ash is looking for someone to latch onto, and he sees Drew. Which is the only reason I can think of for Ash to say the dude's name was something akin to Joy, and he runs over without any hesitation. Because yeah, Drew did kind of help out last time we saw him, but he's still the jerk who made May feel bad, and I can't imagine Ash not holding any negative feelings about that unless he does just want somebody to hang out with. What I can't explain is what happens next, which is Ash walks over to Drew, Drew turns around, and suddenly Brock and Max are with Ash. Like, Brock didn't appear to know Ash was in the room earlier. Max was clearly busy. Suddenly, it's like they'd been by his side all along. Someone in continuity just got fired. But Ash is all chatty with Drew now, trying to make friends, and it goes terribly because it's Drew. Like, Ash is all, "'Cool, you're entering the contest. Good luck. No, I'm not entering.'" And Drew's like, "'Oh, I see. You're afraid.'" It's like, "'Now we know it's not just May he has a problem with. This kid's issues run a bit deeper.'" And Ash kind of flips out a bit, like Indigo League-level tantrum. "'Ash, eat us Snickers. You're not yourself when you're hungry.'" (laughs) Like, sometimes Ash's emotional maturity is dictated by the plot, but, you know, from the minute this scene started, I feel like he's kind of been having a day. And, you know, this is the region where we get all those opening themes, like symphonic melody and such, where it's showing happy scenes of the kids and their Pokemon, you know, happy, 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 and then suddenly Ash has depression. So, I can't help but watch Hoenn and and think maybe he's working through some stuff. Anyway, Drew challenges Ash to a battle, like a proper Pokemon battle, and Ash accepts. Taylor versus Rosalia. Or at least that's where we wind up after the commercial break. Taylor versus Rosalia, and both Pokemon are doing well. Taylor is dodging all of Rosalia's impressive attacks, but then we get a flashback scene of Ash and Drew back indoors, sitting on the fountain, and Drew's asking to do this again. Like a rematch? But asked in the most condescending way possible, of course. So it's implied that Ash and Drew have already battled, and Ash won, and Ash points out that if they battle again, the same thing's gonna happen. Taylo has a clear advantage, not to mention Ash trains specifically for this sort of thing, and for all Drew's skill, he doesn't. But Drew counters, saying, and I paraphrase, Where's the challenge if I just battle people I know I can beat? And Ash is like, You're speaking my language. Off to the field we go. So now we're here. Rosalia and Taylor battling again, I think. It's a weird cut, but a cool story idea that this is Ash and Drew's relationship. Not nice, exactly. Not respectful, but it's not like it is with May. And part of it is Ash's skill, both with Pokemon and with dealing with Gary for so many years. Like, what do you think you can possibly throw at him, Drew? He's seen it all before. Like, like I almost feel like Ash can read between the lines a little better with Drew than May can, and can therefore have some semi functional interactions with him. Well, May sees Talo and Roselia battling figures it must be Ash versus Drew, and is curious as to why. So she runs up, just in time for Taylo to get slammed by one of Rosalia's attacks. And we see that maybe, just maybe, Drew has an ulterior motive here. Because he's ready for Rosalia to solar beam the senses out of the injured Taylo, and since it can't dodge or pull up, Taylo takes the whole attack and gets knocked out, Drew wins, and Drew... It's possible he may have genuinely wanted to battle Ash. More than possible, actually. And, you know, to challenge himself. Push Rosalia to grow. Like, he probably did genuinely want that. But it's also possible that Taylor and Rosalia battling was sure to get May's attention and draw her over. And when the first battle failed to do so, Drew asked for a second until she arrived. It's up to you which motivation was stronger. Because it is also equally possible that Drew lost the first match against Ash and thus gained insight that helped him to win the second time, as it is possible that he was capable of beating Ash the first time and threw it because May wasn't around to see it and just kept going until she was around and now we can shut him down. Again, you decide. But by design or happenstance, the one thing with no debate is that now that May's here, Drew is capitalizing on the fact that he just beat down her best friend, the person May looks up to, who taught her everything she knows, and Drew beat him at a discipline that Ash trains for and Drew doesn't, as we already established. And he uses that to smash May's confidence. Like, see, I'm better at this than you. I'm better at this than Ash, who is also better at this than you. And he even pretends like... He goes off on how a trainer has to be on the same wavelength as their Pokemon in contests, and that's why I won and Ash lost. Like, if the trainer's confused, the Pokemon's confused. And it's like, that isn't really Ash's problem. Like, maybe he's having a bit of a day, as I said, but he and Taylor looked in sync, and this wasn't even a contest battle. But it doesn't really matter if that's, you know, the reason Ash lost, or if he's even struggling with that at all, because it is May's problem. So yeah, it doesn't matter that anything Drew says about Ash doesn't really hold water. Because I mean, Ash won the first battle anyway. But it matters because May saw the second he lost, and Drew is making sure she'll apply everything he's saying about Ash to her. Like he is way too good at this manipulating game. Where did you grow up, kid? And so, late at night, May's standing on a balcony. Beautifly rests on her head, and May's down. She's nervous. She flashes back to Grace, who insisted the most important thing, without it you can't win, is to use your Pokémon's power completely. And she remembers Drew, saying you have to be on the same wavelength as your Pokémon. When a trainer's confused, so is the Pokémon. And, well... May can't deny she's confused and conflicted, so it's not looking good for her. By morning, um, Team Rocket has graduated from selling out of the alley, and they have a nice stall and a sizable crowd interested in their wares, helped by trench coat Wobbuffet. And oh my gosh, Cacnea, your beautiful soul. Cacnea is dolled up, a- and like I almost didn't realize it was James dressed as a female trainer, and And James, you look slaying, man, But Cacnea. Talk about being in sync with your Pokémon. Those two should dress up together more often. Well, May is out wandering, moping, and comes across this miracle Pokéblock stand. Team Rocket freaks out at the sight of a twerp, and James is like, Hold strong! Hold strong! Uh, But May is thinking, if this Pokéblock works, could it help me? She could win this contest, not have to stress and worry. But that's when Grace walks up, and she challenges the Rockettes like, What is this special Pokeblock made of? What berries did you use? And when Meowth can't answer, Grace asks the crowd like, Why on earth would you all give something to your Pokemon when you don't know what's in it? A real coordinator would mix their own Pokéblock with berries that were best for their Pokémon. They would know what they were feeding to their Pokémon and why. Not relying on shortcuts and magic. She winks to show she's not being too hard on May, but May doesn't need much for her brain to hop on the insecurity-fueled guilt train. Like, Can someone give Mei a hug? I just hate seeing her cry. But yeah, this isn't how she wants to win it doesn't give her confidence to win on her own terms the way it would Ash and Pikachu. Like, we remember the Thunderstone episode. Like, a moment like this where they kind of have the epiphany, they'd be empowered. Like, no, we are going to win on the power of our own Pikachu strength. We don't need to evolve, whatever. But with May, like, she's not empowered. She, she really thinks she's going to lose now. She's still desperate, still hopeless. But she would rather stay that way hopeless and worthless and losing and drew making fun of her then win because she gave beautiful some miracle poke block that she didn't even make and that i think makes her stronger than if she was fueled with this like yeah we can do it beautiful eye we just need to work hard and believe in ourselves like that is the second step we want to get may there um but we can work at that right now i think this moment where she decides what her integrity is worth When she doesn't win and when she has no chance of winning is more important to her growth as a human being. A lot of May's character arc is not, I lacked confidence, so I learned to believe in myself and then I won, but more, I lacked confidence, so I learned it was okay to try my hardest and lose and that it was still worth doing anyway. So, seeing her story in that way, this is kind of a defining moment for her. Well, Grace has Medicham levitate away Team Rocket's disguises, stripping away Wobbuffet's coolness and James and Cacnea's glamour, and then Team Rocket retaliates by taking to the balloon and starting the motto and stealing Pokémon. Including May's Beautifly and Grace's Medicham. This is thwarted in all of five seconds with Metacham's psychic attack, and with it and Beautifly back with their trainers, uh, May and Grace go on the offensive. Beautifly attacks the balloon with String Shot, holding it in place, and then Metacham high jump kicks a Viper. And then Beautifly shows just what kind of guts it has when its trainer tells it to tackle a cactus. Well done, Beautifly! Medicham's final ice punch sends Team Rocket blasting off. The battle reminds May, with some help from Grace, that she does do some things well, and Beautifly has a lot of skill and power, so she should give them both a little more credit. She tries to remember that as we go into the beginning of the contest and the ending credits. So, the next episode will be the contest itself. Who will win, May, Drew, or Grace? Some random trainer? Who knows? One thing I do want to bring up with Drew as we've covered before, it's sometimes hard to identify his motivations. Like, is he trying to be mean to May? Is he trying to be nice to May? What's the inner thought behind that action? And the battle with Ash is possibly the most fraught with that today. Like, I can't tell if it was all some grand design or if he really did want to battle Ash and is just Emperor Palpatine level opportunistic about how this could also help his May situation. Like, it could go either way. It could be both. But there's also room for debate um, on was that whole speech of his and beating down Taylo and all, like, was all of it to be mean to May? to insult May, or was it all to help her? Like, the whole scheme. Like, was his motivation put her down and destroy her confidence? Or was it teach her why her current way of thinking is wrong so she can succeed? And easily it could be the first one, but I'm going for now to go with that second interpretation on Drew. Because we've established that he is some terrible people skills probably isn't in touch with his own feelings and is kind of some unholy mashup between pre-Mewtwo Gary and Paul but sometimes he seems to be coming from a good place or at least the results of his actions seem like they could lead to good places it's weird I'm starting to think that sometimes, not always, but sometimes, his insults are a misguided and backhanded way to help May out. Because if he had been watching May through the first half of the episode, seeing her lose her cool and get insecure, seeing her training all these combinations she doesn't even really understand and being confused, and that affects Beautifly, and all of her training goes down the drain, it seems like if Drew actually hates her and wants to win... He should just let her stay on that path. But he goes out of his way to get her attention and show her and then tell her, like, you have lost sight of your connection to Beautifly, you're confused, you're not in sync, and if you don't get back to what you do best, you're going to lose. Now, he delivers this information with condescension and insults and the most convoluted sundere plan I've ever seen, even by anime standards. (laughs) But... I'm going to go out on a limb and say, ultimately, he was trying to help May get back on track because in previous episodes, he's shown to be a little bit happy when she succeeds and when she proves what she's really capable of. He might not have fully realized this for himself, but I believe that was his actual goal with all of that. And it's why his words appear beside Grace's in the motivational flashback sequence as the voice of positive reinforcement. And it's also why May and her friends haven't completely shut this toxic guy out and kicked him to the curb yet. Because possibly at least some of them see that deep down, Drew is actually trying to help her. Or at least why May, Max, and Ash haven't. We've established over the seasons of Ash and Gary that Brock is not the guy you want on your team when you're trying to build your self-esteem and stand up to bullies. (laughs) Like, I'm surprised we haven't had a scene where Drew is ripping May to shreds and Brock's, you know, not in the background. Like, he's right, you do suck. (laughs) So... We will return to the May and Drew soap opera, where hopefully Drew will pull his head out of his butt and realize his behavior is not okay. And hopefully May will make a good showing in this contest. Best of luck to all. Uh, We'll come back next time with the continuation of the contest battle. The actual battle will start. You can keep up with this podcast by visiting peakappypodcast.blogspot.com, subscribing to us on iTunes or the many other places where podcast feeds can be caught. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Podcast. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. This has been Podcast. Gotta catch them all!